0: There's an uneasiness growing within today's parents. Questions arise around what our kids are being taught, exposed to, and influenced by. Thankfully, a fully engaged, well-informed parent is a powerful thing. And that's why I support Answers in Genesis, and I would recommend you do as well, because it's important to remember that the battle for our kids' minds isn't one in the courts or the classrooms. It's one from the safety and comfort of our own home. So be the difference our kids need and visit www.answers.gift today.
1: Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle.
0: Open your Bibles this morning to James chapter four, verse 17. We're gonna look there in just a moment. If you haven't been with us over the last several weeks, we have been doing a series called Hostage. And Hostage is a series that is, the, 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 the scripture that it's based on is John chapter 10, verse 10. And it says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? To steal, kill, and destroy. destroy. But Jesus has come to what? Bring life and bring it to the fullest or abundantly. And so we've been talking about the thief wants to hold us hostage, but Jesus wants to set us free. The thief, the enemy of our soul, Satan, wants to hold us back from the full life of Christ, but Jesus wants to set us free and experience this joy and abundance and great life in Christ, right? So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to bring us life and bring it to the fullest. So we have learned the first week I talked about that there is a seed that's planted in the soil of our hearts, that takes root, and I talked the very first week about bitterness, and that a bitter root produces poisonous fruit, and this poisonous fruit is seen in our lives, we're hateful to people, we're angry to people, we're short with people, Um, we don't give people the benefit of the doubt, we cut them short, it's just these things, this poison toxifies the greatest relationships closest to us, this bitterness, if we're not careful. And I encourage you, the greatest way to overcome bitterness is through forgiveness. That we need to forgive whoever's done something wrong to us, whoever said things about us, did things to us. And let me just say, justifiably so, it's okay that you're angry with them. God is not upset with your anger, but God would not want you to be bitter. And so God wants us to forgive and to let it go. And so we talked about how do we do that in our very first week. The second week, we talked about worry, that the seed in our heart is bitterness, the seed in our mind is worry, constant worry. Um, Worry that's a habitual worry, where all you do is think the what-ifs of life. You you don't have enough worry for, you borrow worry from other people and worry for them, because they're not worrying enough. And this worry will consume us if we're not careful, to hold us hostage. And so we talked about that first week. Do what you can do to overcome it, do what you can do, Secondly, I challenge and encourage you, give to God what you cannot do. And thirdly, I said, trust God, no matter what the outcome is, trust God that he will do what only God can do. Third week, we talked about anger. Anger is the hidden monster in our lives that will reveal its ugly head and destroy lives in the process. And many of us will often say, I'm not angry, and you have probably said this, I'm hurt, Hurt is the deception that anger hides behind. Many of you are hurting today, and, and yet, I mean, you're angry today, but you'll say, I'm hurting, but really it's, to, it's disguised. And so that week I encourage you to figure out why you're angry, understand why you're angry, go to God with that anger, and ask God to help you cope with that anger, and then, number three, go back to God and ask God to continue to help you deal with that anger It's a very destructive thing in our life. Last week, go over to last week. Last week was about the thing that many of you walked out and said, that's not me, pride. They're talking to them, not talking to me. I talked about pride last week. And I encourage you to realize that all of us at times in our life will struggle with pride. It's, It's almost a hidden thing that comes up when we least expect it, and that God wants us to walk humbly. God wants us to recognize, and I encourage you, realize everything comes from God, and since everything comes from God, we have no reason to be prideful or have pride, pride, pride in our life because the gifts that you've given, the, the athletics you've been given, the ability to be able to sell things, the ability to be able to do the things you do, they all come from God. And if you understand that and you know that, there's no reason to have pride because if he gave it, he can surely take it away at any time. The money you've been given, you have no reason to be prideful because the minute you give it, if God so chooses to, he can take it away, Right? And so I encourage you to always see who you are through the eyes of God. Today I want to talk with you about balking. Turn it over and say, balking. It's a, it's a pitching term, we know it from baseball, pitching. The pitcher will balk. What does that mean? That means he will act like he's going to pitch the ball, but instead he'll throw it to first base, second base, third base, someplace like that to get somebody out. He balks. He, he psychs out the, 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 the hitter to think he's going to throw to them, but it's a balk. And the reason why I chose this word is because really I want to discuss procrastination. Turn to your neighbor and say procrastination. Some of you Some of you right now said, why did I come to church today? Of all the days, why am I here? And some of you are like, thank God they're here today. They need this, right? Procrastination is something that we would not think can hold us hostage, but I believe after I preach and I speak to you today, you'll hear procrastination is very dangerous And if we're not careful, procrastination can destroy our lives. It can take our lives out, and it could take us to very painful places. See, here's the mindset of a procrastinator. Here's the mindset. Maybe this is you. Here's how it goes. Phase one, I'll start early this time. I'll start early getting this project done or getting ready or doing this project at work. I'll start early. Second phase, I got to get this started soon. It's getting time, time is run. Phase three, man, I should have started this sooner. Why am I taking so long? Phase four, there's still time. I can get it done. There's still a little time. Phase five, what is wrong with me? Why haven't I started this project yet? Phase six, I can't wait any longer to get it done. Phase seven, just go get it done. What is wrong with you? Get it done. Phase eight. I waited too long, but I'll do better the next time. (laughs) Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know that I should give in, but the fact is I'll have to start tomorrow. This is procrastination. Always another day, always putting off, what you could get done today here's what james chapter 4 verse 17 read this with me in your in your notes or in your bibles with me james chapter 4 verse 17 anyone who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it what is it it is sin anyone who knows the good they ought to do but they do not do it it is sin putting off what you need to get done today could correlate to sin. So I'm gonna talk to you about three different things. I'm gonna talk to you about the causes of procrastination, the cost of procrastination, and the cure for procrastination. So number one, first thing is, what are the causes of procrastination? The causes of procrastination, number one, indecision. Easy one, indecision. I can't make a decision so I just keep putting it off until I get more facts or until I get more understanding. I can't make a decision. Here's what James 1.8 says. A double-minded man is unstable in all they do. An un- a double-minded person who can't make a decision is unstable. Here's a quote for you that I learned a long time ago. I would rather live with the wrong decision than live with indecision. I would rather make a wrong decision about something than to sit and waffle back and forth. I don't know, what should I do? I don't know, what should I do? I don't know, what should I do? Indecision is the number one, I feel, reason for procrastination. Number two, perfectionism. It's gotta be just right. It's gotta be perfect. I gotta have all the facts. I gotta know all the info before I get it done. Perfectionism. Number three, third reason why, is fear. Fear. Fear, the fear of men and women will prove to be a snare. Scripture says, "Fear of going to the dentist." Anybody in here, just honest, are fearful of going to the dentist? You're scared of going to the dentist? Raise your hands up. So, so what? Ha- how about fearful of going to the eye doctor? Any fearful of eye doctors? <laughs> the eye doctors in the in the church? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, fearful of going. How many are fearful of just going to the doctor in general because you don't know what they're going to say? Because you, yeah, I have been putting off going to the doctor. This one physician doctor, every time I go in there, she talks about my weight. I don't like her. She's not a skinny girl herself, you know, so when she talks to me about my weight, I went, uh, oh, doc. <laughs> But I haven't. I've been Jesus, and I just said, oh, yeah, I need to lose, a, like, a pound or two. <laughs> we put off the fear. We go to the dentist. We get infected. It's worse off than what we started. We don't go to the doctor. We don't tell the doctor what's really going on, and it turns out to be stage four cancer because we didn't deal with it out of fear, and it held us back. So I want to ask you a question. What are you fearful about? What holds you back? What's building procrastination in your life? Fourth one is this, anger. Proverbs says, a lazy person is as bad as one who is destructive. An angry person, many times, will lash out and procrastinate because they're angry. Don't believe me? Think about your kids. Clean your room. Clean your room. What they do, they get angry. What they do, they put it off. You're not coming out of that room until you clean it. They don't care if they're there five days. Slide the food underneath the door. They're angry with you now, and they're not going to do it just because you told them to, right? Anger stirs procrastination. And number five, here's an easy one, just pure laziness. Just pure laziness. Lazy people <laughs> want much, but get Little while the diligent are prospering lazy people lazy to motivate they find themselves less successful than those that are diligent so procrastination is those several things it's laziness it's it's fear it's anger it's indecision it's it's perfectionism all those things are causes for procrastination so what does it cost us if we procrastinate what's the hurt that comes out of it. The first one is pretty, is pretty uh, understandable. The first one is um, it causes problems in our life. When we procrastinate, it causes problems in our life. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 19. A lazy person has trouble all through life. A lazy person has trouble all through their life, but a diligent person finds prosperity. Here's what, here's what the problems are. How many of you guys in here ever ran out of gas? There's more of you than that. Don't tell me. There's seven people in this whole place. Well, some of you are really good, I guess. Causes problems because you didn't want to take out the time to go get gas, man. I, I ran my cars on fumes because I was so, I can get into, I can get to school one more time. I can make it happen. Repairs, it causes problems. You hear a, in your car, yeah, we can put it off. We can work another day, we'll figure it out. All of a sudden the engine falls out of it, you know, and you're stuck. Here's a big one, some people do this. I don't know anybody personally, like myself. Diet, I'll start tomorrow. I start every January. January 2nd, I'm done. <laughs> Possibly January 1st, really. I mean, on good years. Diet, you know, it causes all kinds of problems in our life. Procrastination takes problems and it makes them bigger because we're putting off what we know we could already have done. So number one, it causes problems. Second thought I have is it, it wastes opportunities, it wastes opportunities and potential that's given to us. If if you won't plan in the cold, then you won't eat in the harvest, scripture says. It wastes opportunities. If now you have an opportunity to do something and get it done well, do it well now instead of waiting to the final seconds and giving a mediocre job, mediocre response. It wastes opportunities. See, every one of us has something knocking at our door opportunities all day long. But if you're not prepared, you won't open the door and you won't see those opportunities because you have waste the time and the opportunities in front of you. Waste opportunities. Another thought I have, and this is probably one of the biggest ones that I want to give to you. Procrastination honestly hurts people. It hurts people's schedule. It hurts people's productivity. It hurts people. Procrastination, if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. Now, some people say, I worked best under pressure in the last seconds of time. Don't want to have you raise your hand at all in this place, but you know who you are. I will tell you this. No one really works great in the last seconds or does their best work in the last seconds but we learn and we adapt to figure out how to function in that place. Scripture is clear throughout Scripture that we must plan and we must set a plan. But so many times we're like, well, I'll get to it some other day. Parents, parenting's hard. How many parents? Raise your hand. Parenting is hard. Parenting's hard. It's okay. Some of you are glazed over in your eyes because parenting is so hard. You had to get your kid to church today. <laughs> uh, parenting's hard. I, I don't even have energy to raise my hand. Right? Parenting's hard. But what I find so many times is parents will check out. We check out a discipline. We put off discipline. We put off correction. Because we think they'll figure it out. Can I just tell you something? They won't figure it out. Your job is to help them navigate the challenges of life, and that takes energy and not procrastination. It takes a now, not tomorrow. Hit it while it's hot, not while, don't hit them while they're hot. Hit it, the situation, while it's hot, and not wait till later. Procrastination, it hurts people. One of the greatest things, and the reason why I say it hurts people, and I'm just gonna speak very candidly, is because there's a difference between, between being occasionally late to events, to activities, to, to meetings, to work. There's a difference between occasional and habitual. It's just how you're known. If you've had anybody in your life talk to you about your time management more than five times... You have a time management problem and your procrastination is hurting you in some way. And here's the thing. If anything else, you know what it says nonverbally? It says my time is more important than your time so you'll wait on me. It's very disrespectful. I'm preaching now. That's good stuff. Not a lot of nods going on or anything like that unless they're a time person. They're like, that's right, I get hurt every time. <laughs> you jerk. Time management and Putting off what you could get done only hurts the people closest to so you. You have a project at work that needs to be done. No one, if no one wants to work with you, it's because you suck at your time. Yes, I said suck because that's how hard it is. If, if, I mean, if whenever you're put on a team, they roll their eyes, it's you. Because you can't get your time together. That's good preaching right there. Preaching is not about hearing what we want to hear, it's what we don't want to hear. And I just want to encourage you, think of others' people's time greater than yours. Here's a novel idea. Show up early for a meeting. Freak the person out. Is there a funeral or something? Why'd you get here so early? Come to church early. Come to meetings early. Go to work early. Surprise your boss and give them five minutes extra, 10 minutes extra. Or if you're like Pastor Terry, an hour early. (laughs) He says if you're not an hour early, you're an hour late. So how do we get a cure for procrastination? And write these down. All of you that said I'll take notes later online, you're procrastinating, take them now. Let's get them out. Write these down. Husbands, write your own notes. Don't make your wife do it for you. Wives, write your own notes and don't point arrows to him. Let's write notes down. Here we go. The cure for procrastination. Number one, stop making excuses. Proverbs 22, verse 13, a lazy man or woman are full of excuses. My coach in football had many quotes, but one of my favorite quotes that he said, and I'll clean it up in church... He, he had different words for this, but he said, Kevin, excuses are like derrieres. Everyone has one, and they all stink. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming it on my husband. Stop blaming it on my wife. Stop blaming it on my kids. Well, oh, kids, man, they're a great excuse. I did enjoy it. When I had little kids, man, it was great. They couldn't talk, so they couldn't fight for themselves. I could say, yeah, he wouldn't get ready. I had to get him ready. (laughs) Kid, he's so responsible at three. (laughs) Kids are great excuses. Stop using them. Stop using your car broke down or you got a ticket on the way. If you legitimately get a ticket, that's great, but don't lie about it. And the reason why you got a ticket is because you were running late. Right? That's good right there. (laughs) Ben Franklin said this, people who are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else because they excuse everything else away. Stop making excuses. Number two, start today. You can change today. You can determine that you can do better Proverbs 21, verse 1, never boast about tomorrow. You don't know what will happen between today and tomorrow. Don't boast about tomorrow. Live and do it today. Nike had it, said it. They said it great. What'd they say? Three words, just do it. Just do it. Just make it happen. Stop Stop saying, well, you know this, or well, I'll do it when, or I'll Stop procrastinating. Just do whatever it is. Do it now. See, there's three things that God wants from all of us. He wants us to live a god our life to him. He wants us to, if we have a family, honor them and trust them and raise them and give them the tools they need to do life. And number three, he wants you to succeed. But some of, some of us, our successes are held up by our procrastination that hold us back from the fullness of what God wants to do. You say, wow, I didn't realize procrastination had some, so many detrimental things, but it does. It holds us hostage. Do you realize NASA, when they launch a, 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 a spaceship or a rocket into, into, into the atmosphere, they will tell you the greatest amount of energy is from the launching pad to get them past the atmosphere. Once they're past that, it's easy. And some of you today... You're gonna have to get in your rocket and buckle down and blast off and put the greatest amount of energy for change right now. Young people, this is great preaching for you. Don't wait until your senior year to start thinking about college. I won't look over there because I think some of them did that already. (laughs) Think ahead. Put the energy in now so you see greater success in your future. Number three, establish a planned schedule. Get on a schedule. Some of you are like, oh, schedules, such an adulting thing to do. I gotta grow up. Proverbs 13, verse 16, a wise Person plans ahead, but a fool doesn't. Anybody in here fools? I don't. Put your hand down, Michelle. You're not supposed to answer. Sorry. That was a re- That was a redundant question. No one was supposed to answer. Yeah, here's a fool. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you fail, here's the the, the quote, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. You fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Every success, young and old alike, is done through proper and good planning. So, term paper is due. Don't wait until the... 13th hour to get it done you plan ahead you backdate your calendar and you figure out how long it's gonna take and you add two or three days before it's actually due you actually make your deadline early so you're not crammed in the last minute time management getting to places if you are always 15 minutes late Add 15 minutes in your prep time, and don't think, well, I got 15 minutes extra. You don't. Get there early. Listen. In time management, admission is not the cure. You know, an alcoholic's anonymous. You go in, you say, I'm so-and-so, and and I'm an alcoholic. And then you go through these 12-step program, and you go through all this stuff, Okay. Just because you admit you have a time management problem does not mean you're fixed of time management problem. You know what it is? It's just an excuse to continue to be late. (laughs) If you truly know you have a time management problem, use your schedule to do better with how you manage your time. And that also means you do better with how you manage other people's time. And that means you actually respect people and their time that they're given to you for whatever it is. You show up early, you're there whenever it needs to be done. They can count on you. You'll find tasks uh, being delegated to you, not because they want to give you the workload, but because they can depend on you to do the work. Everybody likes to be depended on. Ephesians 5.16 says, uh, live like wise. Make good use of every opportunity you get. How do I walk a mile? One step at a time. How do I get better? I start with the small things, bite-sized making myself better every single day. Big task, break down into small little bite-sized decisions you make today. Establish a plan schedule. Number 4, face your fears. Some of you in this room today, you're fearful of failure, and some of you are fearful of success. You say, what do you mean? Well, fear of failure is pretty explainable. Your fear of failure, your fear of not adding up, your fear of not making it happen, that's pretty, that's pretty understandable. Fear of mistakes and things like that. But the fear of success is just as powerful, here's why. If I succeed, I have to maintain or grow into greater success. And sometimes we don't want to succeed because if I get a, if I get a C on a test, that means they'll expect a C on the next test. Or a B, don't we me to do better. I'm right good with B's and C's. Fear of failure, fear of success. Philippians 4, There is nothing I cannot master with the help of Christ who gives me the strength. There's nothing I cannot do without Christ. He can give me the strength. Number five, here's the last one. Focus on the gain and not the pain. Some of you, you're gonna leave here today or your pain, you're like hurting right now. You're like, oh my gosh, why did I, Why did I not procrastinate this Sunday? I could have waited to next Sunday to come back. All honesty. Life, life is about working through the pain because there's a greater gain on the other side. Galatians chapter uh, six, verse nine. So let us not become tired of doing well. Let us not be weary of well-doing. For if we do not give up, The time will come when we'll reap a harvest of righteousness. We'll see God prosper us. It's not what you feel like doing right now, but you know it's necessary to work through and break the bonds of procrastination. Father, help us today. This word is one of those that, God, honestly, it's something we really don't feel all the time. Something we really almost lose and we justify it and we live in it but yet God honestly procrastination causes us so much hurt causes us so much pain but Lord today right now in the moments and time that we have in this, this, this little bit of time search us with your head bowed eyes closed please no one looking around just say that say Father search me Am I held hostage to procrastination? What are the areas of my life that I can do better with? I just don't want to see it. I just don't want to admit it. I want to change it. So Father, would you help me? Help me to do better with my time. Help me do better with my task. Help me to do better at my job and with relationships. Help me to do better in in respecting the people's times around me so that God, as they honor me, I honor them. And I do well. Set me free from being held hostage to procrastination. Lord, would you search us right now? Speak to us. One of the things that we put off to tomorrow more than anything else is our surrender, our surrender to God. Some of you in this place, you've been struggling. Some of you in this place don't know this Jesus that I preached about and I talked about today. You don't don't know him personally as your savior. Some of you here today You're so full of thinking that you have the strength to continue on, that you won't surrender to Christ. And so you you say, well, I will one day, or I will someday. I'm here to tell you today is the day. Some of you today need healing. I feel this today more than I have, and it's so strange that I would feel it during this message, but I do feel like some of you today, you keep thinking "And tomorrow I'll wake up and it'll be better. Some of you are depressed, some of you are sad, some of you are broken. Some of your marriages are on the rocks. Some of you today, you are in a funk and you don't know how to get out of it. I'm here to tell you, now is the time, not tomorrow, not tonight, right here, right now, this is your time to stop procrastinating surrender because the Bible tells us that when we surrender our life to Christ, when we surrender our whole being, that he comes in and he does what only Jesus can do. He heals, he moves, he he strengthens he restores, He builds up, and He brings about the miraculous. And some of you here today, that is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying. Some of you today, you need to surrender whatever that worry is, whatever that anger is, whatever that bitterness, whatever that is, whatever that heartache is, that, that frustration in your life, surrender. So would you close your eyes right now and just right here, quietly between you and God, not gonna have you raise your hands, not gonna have you, between you and Jesus right now, some of you today, you need to surrender. The mind, the soul, and the spirit is weary. Tonight, today is your day to stop procrastinating and find surrender and healing. So with your head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, would you just right there, let me pray with you. Father, I ask you God to heal the wounded, the darkness that so many of us struggle with, the darkness that tries to pervade our life, the sadness, the sorrow, that God I feel like so many carrying, the bitterness, the anger, the worry, God, that so many of us struggle with right now. No more procrastination. Right here, right now. Lord, just do this. Just say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I surrender everything to you. I don't know where else to turn. I've tried to figure it out. I've tried to do the equations. I've tried to fix it. I've tried to manage it. I've tried to uh, minimize it. But Jesus, right here, right now, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender my life to you. Right here, right now. Take me as I am, but don't leave me as I am. Make me different. Make me new. Give me strength every day. And Holy Spirit, I pray that those that are surrendering right now, those who are releasing to you right now, those that are giving it over to you right now, that God, in this moment in time, you would heal. And you would restore. And you would build up. And those that God don't know which way to go, may you calm their minds. The anxiety and the fear, God would begin to rest in you. And they would just breathe you in. And they would take in your presence. And they would say, I don't know, but God does. So I will trust him. I will surrender. And I will give him everything. Not tomorrow, Right here, right now, God, we surrender to you.
1: Come and rest here. Come and
0: Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your word that speaks life and change and life change in all of us. Help us, God, to continue to remind ourselves not to be held hostage by the things of this world, to be set free because of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we go through the next couple of weeks, as we lead up to Easter, would you just guide and direct us? Let us be a beacon of hope in this community during Easter. Help us to invite friends and family to come and join us to, to celebrate the resurrection. They may not even know what it is, but Jesus, there's excitement, there's life. In Jesus Christ. So Lord, let us be the witnesses that you've called us to be and let us make an impact in our community. So go with us, watch over us, keep us in your hand until we meet again. And God, teach us how to not to procrastinate any longer and do better in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen.
1: You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in keokuk Iowa, with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, CrossviewKiaCuck.com.
0: Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so
1: winning was a dream come true.
0: Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.